Welcome to Fanatics Football, the football segment of the Fantasy Fanatics Podcast. I'm your host once again, James, and I'm joined once again by Mete and Nate. What's up, boys? So, How's it going? All right. In today's episode, we're going to take a look at week 13 games in the NFL, sort of recap everything that happened for each game. Then we'll move right into the pickups for the week for fantasy football. And then we'll finish off the episode by previewing the week 14 games, uh, sort of talking about fantasy players and I guess just projecting winners and which teams are going to cover for each game. So yeah, let's just hop right into it. Uh, We'll start with the Thursday matchup. We had the Dallas Cowboys being the New Orleans Saints uh, 27 to 17. Um, Big win here for Dallas. Looking at their stats, um, Dak Prescott, 238 passing yards and a passing touchdown with an interception. In terms of rushing, Tony Pollard, seven carries, 71 yards and a rushing touchdown. Ezekiel Elliott had 13 carries for 45 yards. Then moving to receiving, C.D. Lamb, seven catches, 89 yards. Dalton Schultz, five catches for 43 yards. Amari Cooper, two for 41. Then Michael Gallup, five catches for 36 yards and a receiving touchdown. I guess, Mete, getting to you, I guess, what are your thoughts on the Cowboys? Uh, It was a solid win. The offense wasn't the greatest, but they had a couple of really good drives. And then... Yeah, I think Tony Pollard, he needs more touches. I think he's way too good of a player to have nine touches a game, especially with Elliott right now. He's really banged up, not his uh, old self. And yeah, I think going forward, the Cowboys should be using Pollard more. And the defense had a great game, especially in the fourth quarter. They came up with three interceptions. So yeah, they really helped secure the win in the fourth quarter. Yeah, definitely. The defense played really well. I think they took advantage of Taysom Hill. He had some kind of finger injury, and they just really um, grabbed as many balls as they could uh, through the air. Taysom Hill, he threw for 264 yards. Like we mentioned, four interceptions, not good, but he did battle with an injury. He also threw for two touchdowns. Then on the ground, he also had 11 carries for 101 yards. It's a great fantasy day for Taysom Hill. Then Mark Ingram, he had 10 carries for only 28 yards. Ty Montgomery, four for 21 Then in terms of receiving, Deontay Harris, four catches for 96 yards and a touchdown. Will Jordan Humphrey, two catches, 49 yards and a touchdown. And then Nick Vanett, three catches, 448 yards. Um, Nate, let me just get to you on the Saints. Uh, This is a tough loss for them. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it's a pretty tough loss against a really solid Dallas team. I guess they were trying to catch up from, from the start of the first quarter. And I guess they just weren't able to uh, cross into the end zone using the running game um, enough. I noticed that uh, Taysom Hill had, I think, 101 rushing yards, as well as having a decent amount of passing yards. So maybe they could have tried uh, using Mark Ingram more. He only had like 28 yards, even though he had 10 carries. So maybe give them a little bit more carry still, and maybe something would have happened, but it's kind of hard to say. Yeah, it's kind of hard to say. They went down in the game, I think it was the first or second quarter. So they were playing from behind most of the game. So yeah, it is tough to sort of commit to the run at that time. But yeah, Saints have been banged up. It's really hard to blame them for a lot of these losses. But yeah, they definitely need to be better moving forward. Um, getting to the next game, we have the Miami Dolphins beating the New York Giants 20-9. to A uh, good win here for the Dolphins. 
I believe they've won like five in a row or something, playing really solid. Uh, looking at their stats, Tua Tagovailoa, uh, 244 pass yards, two passing touchdowns. Um, and then in terms of rushing, Miles Gaskin, 15 carries for 44 yards. Moving to receiving, Jalen Waddle, nine catches for 90 yards. Devontae Parker, five catches for 62 yards. Mike Kosicki, seven for 46. Albert Wilson, four for 26. And then two touchdowns on single catches, both by Matt Collins and Isaiah Ford. Um, Nate, let me get to you on the Dolphins. I guess, what are your thoughts on this team? Um, I guess they're really starting to um, adjust now. I guess just hopefully it's not too late for the Dolphins because they're playing some really good football. So they can uh, break 500. It'd be uh, really nice if they had a chance for the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, winning five games in a row, it's a great feat. The thing is they got to keep it up. They've got some divisional games coming up, which are important. So we'll see how they do there. Um, moving to the Giants now, Mike Glennon started at quarterback, 187 passing yards. He threw an interception. Um, getting to rushing, Saquon Barkley, 11 carries, 455 yards. And then in terms of receiving, Evan Ingram, four catches for 61 yards. Kenny Galladay, three for 37. Farrell Cooper, two for 21. There just really wasn't a lot else there. Uh, Mette, I'll get two on the Giants. I guess, what are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, it's a tough game. Uh, they don't get into the end zone. And uh, they were, uh, until the fourth quarter, uh, really close. And then in the fourth, the game kind of slipped away from them. But, yeah, I think it was kind of expected without Daniel Jones. And uh, they're missing right now Kadarius Tony, who's been great lately. And then Sterling Shepard, he's been out for a while. But when he's uh, playing, uh, the Giants offense just looks much better. Yeah, I definitely agree. When you're missing that many playmakers, especially their starting quarterback in Daniel Jones, the offense is definitely going to be downgraded a little bit. Definitely agree with that. I mean, the defense played pretty well considering the Dolphins have been on fire lately. So I think both defenses for these two teams uh, should be given some credit. But yeah, Giants definitely need to bounce back for next game. Uh, moving to the next game, this was a blowout. 31-0, the Colts beat the Texans. A really solid game for the Colts. They have a winning record now, trying to get into the AFC playoff picture. Carson Wentz, 158 pass yards and a passing touchdown. In terms of rushing, Jonathan Taylor, 32 carries, 143 yards and two rushing touchdowns. Big day for him. Um, Deion Jackson also got into the end zone on his six carries for 19 yards. Um, and then just moving to receiving now, Michael Pittman, six catches for 77 yards. Nynam Hines, three for 32. And T.Y. Hilton, two for 22. While Ashton Dolan had one catch that found the end zone. Um, I guess, Matt, I'll bounce to you on this Colts team. I mean, this is as solid as it gets. Yeah, uh, Jonathan Taylor is tearing it up this year as I'm pretty sure he leads the league in rushing right now. And he's only in a sophomore year, so he's looking great. And Wentz, he did his job, no turnovers. When you have a good running game like that, you don't have to do much. And the defense, it's the Texans, but a shutout is still really impressive. So, yeah, it's a good win for the Colts. Yeah, um, definitely a good win for the Colts. I guess getting to the Texans now, both Davis Mills and Tyrod Taylor played in this game. Both of them didn't even pass for over 50 yards. Tyrod had an interception to go with his 45, while Davis Mills only had 49 passing yards. Um, in terms of rushing, Rex Burkhead, eight carries for 30 yards. Pretty much it there. 
And then in terms of receiving, Brandon Cooks, three catches, 38 yards, and Farrell Brown had four for 23. And yeah, like we said, really not much to talk about for the Texans, but I guess, Nate, I guess anything else to say? Um, I guess um, in terms of uh, defense, maybe they could have um, slowed the Colts, Colts down a little, a little bit more. Um, I think in terms of um, passing, they're actually pretty um, decent, but in terms of their run defense, um, they're one of the worst in the league in terms of run defense, and they were facing a Colts team with Jonathan Taylor, so not exactly a good combination. That's probably one of the reasons why the score was so high. I guess in terms of offense, it's really hard to say because they're, they're not one of the uh, deeper teams in the league in terms of offense, so not really too much to work with. Yeah, and I was just going to say that I guess after that loss to the Jets last week and then losing like by this big of a blowout, I feel like that the Texans are pretty much a must fade almost every week at this point going forward. I don't know whether they have much to play for or not. So I really don't think that um, they're really going to be scoring a lot of points in general. So uh, probably just something to keep in mind. Um, getting to the next game, this was insane. The Lions actually won their first game of the season. Uh, they beat the Vikings 29 to 27 on, uh, I believe it was a late touchdown, really solid. Um, the Lions, they get their first win and they somehow stay in playoff contention, which is actually crazy to think about. Um, I'll just get to the Lions stats here. Um, Jared Goff, he had a big game here, 296 passing yards, three passing touchdowns and an interception. Um, in terms of rushing, Jamal Williams, 17 carries for 71 yards, and Jamar Jefferson at five for 18. Then getting to receiving, Amon Ross St. Brown, he was the hero in this game, 10 catches, 86 yards, and that receiving touchdown. Josh Reynolds, four for 69 yards. TJ Hawkinson, four catches for 49 yards and a touchdown. Khalif Raymond had two for 33, and Brock Wright had two catches for 28 yards and a receiving touchdown. Nate. The Lions got their first win. What are your thoughts? I mean, it's uh, been a long time coming for the Lions. They've had some really close games with uh, really solid teams, but they were just not um, able to, I guess, uh, go go over the top. But I guess this week is their week, so congratulations to the Lions. Yeah, congrats to their head coach, Dan Campbell, as well. I know he was emotionally invested in this team all year. Uh, they, he said they'd be biting kneecaps all the way up to the top and they finally got their win. I think they had like a, almost a Super Bowl level party after the game too, which was pretty <laughs> funny to see. Uh, Mete, I'll just get to you, I guess. What are your thoughts on the Vikings in this loss? Yeah, uh, man, it's tough as, uh, you give Detroit their first win and it was only a couple of weeks ago. They beat the Packers who are one of the best teams in the league. So yeah, the Vikings, they're a really confusing team. Super inconsistent. They just play to the level of whoever they're uh, up against. And it showed this game. I know they didn't have Dalvin Cook. And then uh, Adam Thielen got hurt this game. But still, it's the Lions. And they were winless. So, yeah, I think uh, it's a tough loss for them. They should have got it done. But it happens, I guess. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Like even looking at the stats, like they they had a, a lot of good statistics here. Like Kirk Cousins threw for 340 yards and two touchdowns, and he was really solid. Even Alex Madison, 22 carries, 90 yards, and a rushing touchdown. Then in terms of receiving, Justin Jefferson just carried the workload for them. 
he had 11 catches for 182 yards and a receiving touchdown. So um, a lot of the guys here did their part. Even KJ Osborne, four catches, 47 yards and a touchdown. Tyler Conklin, seven for 56. So they had guys uh, putting in work. Uh, it was just a, a tough loss. And I think I might uh, put this one on the defense. I feel like there were times where they could have gotten stops and then it just didn't happen. So yeah, congrats to the Lions though on their first win of the season. All right, moving to the next game. Uh, this is a big win by the Eagles. Um, they beat the Jets 33-18. to 18. Um, Gardner Minshew got the start here because Hurts couldn't go. Minshew threw for 242 yards and two passing touchdowns. Uh, great day for him. Um, Miles Sanders, he had 24 carries on the ground, 120 rushing yards. Kenneth Gainwell, 12 for 54 and a rushing touchdown. Then in terms of receiving, Dallas Goddard, six catches, 105 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, Quez Watkins, three for 60 yards. Kenneth Gainwell, five catches for 33 yards. And Miles Sanders, three for 22. Uh, Mette, I'll get to you on the Eagles. I guess what are your thoughts on, I guess, Gardner Minshew and then the rest of this team? Yeah, I know it's the Jets, but uh, the Eagles looked much better, I think, with Minshew as the quarterback. He only had five incompletions, no interceptions. Uh, he had a really good game. And then both his touchdowns went to Goddard. And I was a big fan of Goddard coming into the season. And yeah, he finally got him going. He's had a pretty tough season. So yeah, I think Minshew, he just uh, allows their passing offense to be much better. I know Hertz is a dual threat guy. Uh, he runs for a lot of yards, but his passing isn't the greatest right now. And yeah, I think uh, now with this win, even though it's the Jets, like I said, it gives uh, Nick Serrani's, I can't uh, really pronounce his name right. The Eagles head coach, something to think about, I think, uh, especially if Hertz has a rough game uh, next week. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think you say Sirianni. I'm pretty sure that's how you say his name. But yeah, I definitely agree. I think he's committed to Jalen Hurts going forward. But like you said, if Hurts does have a bad game, at least they have a guy they can throw in there, especially when it comes down to, you know, whether it's making or missing the playoffs. I feel like Minshew really played well in this game. He does give them a good chance of getting the win. Um, we'll move to the Jets now. Zach Wilson, 226 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, one interception. In terms of rushing, Tevin Coleman, 11 carries for 58 yards. And Zach Wilson rushed, uh, I think, three carries. Um, and then one of his carries ended up being a rushing touchdown. Um, and then getting to receiving, Elijah Moore, six catches, 77 yards, and receiving touchdown. Jameson Crowder, four catches for 62 yards. Tevin Coleman, three for 19. And Ryan Griffin, two for 15, and a receiving touchdown. So, Nate, I'll get to you on the Jets. They had a big win last week, but I guess they just come down to earth this week. Yeah, I guess it's kind of like the opposite of a bounce back, unfortunately. I mean, they are a rebuilding team for the most part, so can't really expect, up, I guess, upsets every week. But at the same time, maybe they could have worked on some things to try to slow down the other team a little bit. Yeah, I definitely agree. Jets are rebuilding. They're not going to get a lot of wins. And yeah, this Eagles team just definitely looked like they all played them for most of the game. So yeah, solid win overall for the Eagles. 
Um, getting to the next game here, Arizona Cardinals, they're playing really well. They beat the Chicago Bears 33-22. to Kyler Murray was back in this game, and he was really solid. Um, he threw for 123 yards and two passing touchdowns, but he also had 10 carries on the ground for 59 yards and two rushing touchdowns. So four total touchdowns on the day for Kyler, really solid. James Conner, 20 carries for 75 yards, and then getting to receiving, uh, James Conner was the leading receiver, two catches, 36 yards and a receiving touchdown. And then DeAndre Hopkins, two for 32 and a receiving touchdown. Not much else here. Um, but Nate, I guess I'll get to you. I guess, what are your thoughts on the Cardinals? I mean, I guess it's business as usual for the Cardinals. They're pretty competitive against pretty much any team in the league. I mean, Chicago has a decent pass defense, but um Cardinals just have a really good offense overall, so it's really hard to stop them. I was going to say, as you know, a Cardinals team, when they're healthy, um, the only team they've really had trouble with so far has been Green Bay. Other than that, I feel like, you know, they've just been able to make quick work of a lot of the other teams they face. So they're definitely an elite team. I definitely like what they have going here. Um, getting to Chicago now, um, Andy Dalton ended up starting this game. 229 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, but four interceptions. Um, in terms of rushing, David Montgomery, 21 carries, 90 yards, and a rushing touchdown. And then in terms of receiving, Jakeem Grant, five catches, 62 yards, and a touchdown. David Montgomery, eight for 51. Uh, Colcom had three catches for 41 yards, and Demir Bird had three for 26. Um, and then Jimmy Graham did catch a one-yard touchdown reception. Um, yeah, Mete, let me get to you on Chicago. Uh, Dalton started this game. I guess, what are your thoughts? Yeah, uh, he kind of had a rough game as I thought the Bears were doing pretty good, but uh, four interceptions were just too much to overcome for them. Uh, on like two or three of those uh, turnovers, they just gave uh, the Cardinals great field position. They were in the Chicago uh, side of the field, so that doesn't help you out, especially your defense. And then Montgomery, he did great. He was trying his hardest to carry this game, and he's been really good the last couple of years. I feel like before that, he was like slightly above average, but last couple of years, he's really turned it on, gone much better. And I like uh, Jakeem Grant, what I see from him. I, I'd like to see the Bears use him more as he's one of those shifty guys who can make uh, plays out of nothing. So yeah, I think Grant going forward, they should look to target him more. Yeah, I think he definitely was targeted a lot in this game. I know Allen Robinson didn't play. He has an injury. I think Mooney was pretty banged up in this game as well. So uh, there was good opportunities for Grant to make a lot of good plays here. Yeah, so hopefully the Bears can turn it around going forward. I guess moving to the next game, big win for the Chargers. They beat the Bengals 41-22. to uh, Looking at the stats for L.A., Justin Herbert, 317 passing yards, three passing touchdowns, one interception. Uh, in terms of rushing, Austin Eckler, 14 carries, 59 yards, and a rushing touchdown. Then getting two receiving, Mike Williams, five catches, 110 receiving yards. Jalen Guyton, four for 90 and a receiving touchdown. Um, Austin Eckler, five catches for 45 yards. And then Keenan Allen, five catches for 34 yards and two receiving touchdowns. So I guess big day overall for this Chargers team. Mete, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, this was kind of a scary game for them. I think they went up like 20, 
20 something to nothing. And then the Bengals were making a crazy comeback. And then I think Mixon had a fumble where the Chargers got to return it for a touchdown. And then that was like the second last or uh, last momentum shift as, yeah, the Bengals were making a crazy comeback. It was kind of scary for a second, but the Chargers got it done. They were off to a hot start. And yeah, uh, they're kind of another team like the Vikings. Uh, They're a bit confusing. They had a great start. And they've been kind of inconsistent lately, but it's a good win as the Bengals, they're a winning team and it was a road game. So yeah, good job, Chargers. Yeah, I feel like both of these teams are pretty confusing. We kind of don't know what we're going to get from them each week. I guess I'll get to the Bengals now. Joe Burrow, 300 passing yards, a passing touchdown and two interceptions. I think he was a bit banged up in this game. Um, In terms of rushing, Joe Mixon, 19 carries, 454 yards and a rushing touchdown. Uh, Joe Burrow also added a six-yard run for a rushing touchdown. And then in terms of receiving, T. Higgins, nine catches, 138 yards and a receiving touchdown. Um, Tyler Boyd, five, 485 yards. Uh, Jamar Chase, five catches, 52 yards. And C.J. Uzama, three for 20. Um, Nate, I'll get to you on the Bengals. I guess, what are your thoughts? I guess... um... Bengals overall, they're pretty solid. I'd say that they're kind of at the point where they're going to start to knock on the door of the, the playoff playoffs um, pretty soon, if not like this year. It's just like small, now it's just like small things that they kind of have to fix. Like, for example, um, ball security, trying not to um, fumble, fumble the ball in this game. That's That probably um, killed all, them, all their momentum and made it uh, – pretty much impossible to come back at that point but I feel like for the most part they were um playing pretty solid Chargers are pretty hard team to stop so it's pretty much going to be um I guess uh two teams trying to outshoot each other so in these kind of situations you want to make sure you have ball security if that makes sense yeah, I definitely agree. Um, the Chargers, they had a great game here. They pretty much all played the Bengals in every aspect. So, yeah, good on the Chargers. Big win. I guess the Bengals got to bounce back on their next game. Uh, we'll move to the next game now. Um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers being the Atlanta Falcons, 30-17. to 17, A big win here. I think uh, Tom Brady goes to 10-0 and 0 against the Falcons over his career. That's pretty solid. Um Speaking of Tom Brady, he had 368 passing yards, four passing touchdowns, and an interception. Uh, but it's insane how he's in the MVP conversation at age, I believe, 44. Uh, he's playing really solid this year. Uh, Leonard Fournette, uh, he rushed 13 times for 44 yards. Then in terms of receiving, Chris Godwin, 15 catches, 143 yards for him. Mike Evans, seven for 99 yards. And uh, Rob Gronkowski, four catches, 58 yards, and two touchdowns, while Leonard Fournette had seven catches for 48 yards and a touchdown. Um, Nate, let me get to you on the box. I guess, what are your thoughts on this game? Um, I guess uh, business as usual for the Bucks as well. Um, Tampa Bay, they're pretty, pretty solid on um, both offense and defense. Um, they don't really have too many weaknesses. They have good players pretty much on in every position. And they're pretty much exploiting a Falcons um, defense that isn't too good. And their offense is a little shaky. So I feel like um, there probably wasn't too much depth going to, into this game either. 
Yeah, I definitely agree. Tampa Bay pretty much handled them for most of the game. Um, but I'll get to the Falcons now. Matt Ryan, 297 passing yards for him. Cordell Patterson, 13 carries for 78 yards. Mike Davis had four carries for 32 yards and a rushing touchdown. Then in terms of receiving, Russell Gage, 11 catches for 130 yards. Probably a career day for him for sure. Uh, Mike Pitt, uh, not Mike Pitts, Kyle Pitts, uh, four catches for 48 yards. And Aladami Zacchaeus, uh, three catches for 44 yards, while Mike Davis had four catches for 37 yards. Matt Tay, I'll get to you on the Falcons. I mean, another tough loss for them. Yeah, uh, first half, they were doing really good, especially uh, right before halftime, they get a defensive line pick six off of Brady, which was crazy to knock it down to a three-point lead. And then second half, they give up 10 points, score nothing. So, yeah, uh, I thought they were doing pretty well. And then second half, they just didn't have it. And then I'm kind of confused uh, with Cordell Patterson's reception numbers. I think they're kind of on the trend going down as I see, I I used to see him with like five plus catches every week. Now he's kind of down. And especially without Ridley now, it's kind of confusing. So, I think if they get him more involved in the receiving game, uh, that'd be great as he's their best playmaker for sure. Yeah, I'll definitely agree with that. He's been really solid this year. They definitely need to get him more involved. And yeah, I guess the Falcons overall, they have to improve on both sides of the ball a little bit if they even want a chance of making a run at a wild card spot. Um, but I guess moving to next, the next game, um, LA Rams beat the Jacksonville Jaguars 37-7. to Big win here. Um, we'll take a look at the Ram stats first. Matt Stafford, uh, 295 passing yards, three passing touchdowns. In terms of rushing, Sony Michelle started this game, 24 carries for 121 rush yards and a rushing touchdown. Really good numbers for him. Then in terms of receiving, Cooper Cup, eight catches, 129 yards and a receiving touchdown. Tyler Higby, five for 48. Uh, Van Jefferson, six for 41 and a receiving touchdown. Uh, ben uh, Skornik had one catch for 35 yards, and Odell Beckham had two for 28 in a receiving touchdown. Uh, Mette, I'll just get to you on the Rams. I guess, what are your thoughts? Yeah, they really needed this win. I think they were on a three-game losing streak. So, uh, yeah, they get a matchup with the Jaguars, and they'll get you back on track. Uh, Stafford had a great game. Michelle, great job filling in for Daryl Henderson. And yeah, hopefully this gets them back on track as, like I said, they were kind of struggling uh, going into this week. Yeah, I mean, it gets you back on track unless you're playing in London or you're the Buffalo Bills because then the Jaguars will probably beat you. But yeah, I definitely agree with that. The Rams had a really solid game here. I'll move to Jacksonville now. Trevor Lawrence, 149 passing yards. Uh, in terms of rushing, uh, Carlos Hyde, nine carries, 24 yards and a touchdown. James Robinson had eight carries for 24 yards. And then in terms of receiving, Laquan Treadwell, four catches for 62 yards. LaVisca Chanel, three for 30. Uh, James O'Shaughnessy, two for 13. And Marvin Jones, two for 11. Uh, not really much here for the Jags, but I guess, Nate, what are your thoughts on this team? I guess... Um... Even though um, Jaguars are still technically a rebuilding team, I guess it's a little disappointing. Um, I guess kind of expected the Jaguars to have a little bit better of a season than 
right now. But that being said, um, Rams are a really solid team. So it's uh, really hard to, um, I guess, beat a team like the Rams. But I was thinking maybe they could have kept it close because they had, um, I guess, a decent pass defense for a team that's kind of near the bottom of the league. But I guess um, they have to, I guess, improve on both sides of the ball. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, a lot of things for the Jags to improve on. Probably when they head into the draft, they're going to draft a lot more playmakers on both sides of the ball as well. So I guess they it's sort of a, a multi-year plan to sort of rebuild this team up. Um, getting to the next game, uh, this was a low-scoring game, actually. The Washington football team being the Las Vegas Raiders, 17-15. to 15. Uh, Looking at the football team stats here, Taylor Heineke, 196 yards, two passing touchdowns and an interception. Um, in terms of rushing, Antonio Gibson, 23 carries for 88 yards. And then getting to receiving, Logan Thomas, three catches for 48 yards and receiving touchdown. I believe he's out for the season now, which is unfortunate. Um, John Bates, three catches for 42 yards. I think he replaced him in this game. Um, Adam Humphreys, four for 38. Then Antonio Gibson had five for 23 and a receiving touchdown. Um, I guess, Nate, I'll get to you on Washington. I guess, what are your thoughts on this win? Um, I guess it was a win that they really needed, and this was kind of the perfect opportunity since I think the Raiders were without um, Darren Waller in this game, if I remember correctly. So, yeah, this was the perfect opportunity to get a win. Yeah, I definitely agree. No Darren Waller here for the Raiders. Big win for Washington, getting to the Raiders now. Uh, Derek Carr, 249 passing yards uh, for him. And then in terms of rushing, uh, Josh Jacobs, 13 carries, 52 yards, and a rushing touchdown. Then in terms of receiving, Hunter Renfro, nine catches for 102 yards. Great game for him. Josh Jacobs, nine catches for 38 yards. Then Foster Moreau, only one catch for 34 yards and not a lot else uh, for this team. Mete, I'll get to you on the Raiders. I guess, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think, like you guys said, the biggest uh, takeaway was no Darren Waller, and he's their best pass catcher, so that definitely hurts. Uh, they had a pretty good defensive game, only giving up 17 points, especially to football team. I think they're a solid team. Uh pretty impressive i think they lost Kenyon drake which sucks as he was their backup running back but he's a good pass catcher so it's gonna hurt them and yeah uh i think they're another team that's kind of confusing they're really inconsistent they'll have a great win like against the cowboys on thanksgiving and then they might lose uh the next week on a, in a really low scoring game. So yeah, uh, tough loss for the Raiders. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, Josh Jacobs sort of stepped into that pass catching role. He caught nine passes, which is pretty solid for a running back. Hopefully the Raiders can get things turned around. Um, we'll move to the next game now. Divisional matchup, Pittsburgh being the Ravens by one point, 20 to 19. Really close game here. Uh, we'll get to the Steelers first. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, 236 pass yards. Two passing touchdowns for him. Najee Harris, 21 carries for 71 yards on the ground. Then through the air, Deontay Johnson, eight catches, 105 yards, and two receiving touchdowns. Big day for him. Chase Claypool, two catches for 52 yards. And then Najee Harris had five for 36. Well, Pat Fryermuth had three catches for 26 yards. 
Uh, Metti, I'll get to you on Pittsburgh. I guess, what are your thoughts on this win? Yeah, another confusing team. Uh, it's a great win. They beat the Bills as well week one. And then they have weeks, like uh, a couple of weeks ago, they tied the Lions. They get swept by the Bengals, who's another confusing team. So, yeah, they're kind of all over the place. They just play to their opponent's strength. And lucky for them, they had a good team. So they played up to their level. And uh, that decision to go for two at the end was really costly. So uh, the Steelers got it done, though. So you can't hate on them. Yeah, for sure. Um, I know definitely that tie with the Lions. Uh, they didn't have Ben Roethlisberger there, so I guess they can have sort of take a pass on that one. But yeah, they have been up and down. But yeah, great win for Pittsburgh here. Getting to Baltimore now, Lamar Jackson, 253 passing yards, a passing touchdown and an interception. In terms of rushing, Lamar also rushed eight times for 55 yards on the ground. Devontae Freeman, 14 for 52 on the ground and a rushing touchdown. Then in terms of receiving... Marquise Hollywood Brown, five catches, 55 yards. Mark Andrews, four for 50. Devontae Freeman, five for 45 yards. And Sammy Watkins, four catches, 439 yards and a receiving touchdown. Uh, Nate, let me get to you on the Ravens. I guess, what are your thoughts on this team? Yeah, I guess this was a really close game against um, the Steelers. Steelers have a really good defense, so they can pretty much keep it close with um, almost any team if, as long as the defense is playing uh, pretty well and um, I guess they were able to kind of uh, put enough pressure on the Ravens to kind of um, slow them down so I guess um, it's not really I guess too much to be worried about I feel like the Ravens are still a solid team this is just um, a Steelers team that knows how to put pressure on other teams so yeah yeah, I definitely agree. I guess one thing about the Ravens to look at going forward is they have a lot of injuries. Um, I don't know how far they'll be able to go in terms of whether they make the playoffs or not and when they get into the playoffs because they lost Marlon Humphrey for the season now, another defensive player gone. They've lost a whole load of running backs. Uh, it's just been really tough on this Ravens team. So, um, yeah, I think it's going to be really tough for them going forward, but they do have a good record right now, so they should be a playoff team either way. Um, getting to the next game, um, Seattle Seahawks being the San Francisco 49ers 30 to 23. A good win for the Seahawks here, getting to their stats. Russell Wilson, 231 pass yards, two passing touchdowns, and an interception. In terms of rushing, Travis Homer, three carries for 80 yards and a rushing touchdown, really solid. Uh, Rashad Penny, 10 for 35, and then Adrian Peterson, 11 carries for 16 yards and a rushing touchdown. Getting to receiving, Tyler Lockett, seven catches for 68 yards and a touchdown. <clears throat> Uh, DK Metcalf, five catches for 60. And then Dwayne Eskridge, uh, three catches for 35 yards and a receiving touchdown, while Rashad Penny had one catch for 27 yards. I guess, Nate, getting to you on the Seahawks, I guess, what are your thoughts? A really good game against a San Francisco team that's been pretty, playing pretty solid right now. Unfortunately, it looks like it's a little bit um, too late, but... Um, you still don't want to have a bad season. You want to try to uh, have the best um, record possible. So they're probably going to try to go on a crazy run streak or something. I mean, you definitely want to go on a crazy run if another team owns your draft pick. So they don't want the Jets having a good draft pick. So they're going to try and win almost every game to sort of close out the season. All right, getting to the 49ers now, <clears throat> we'll take a look at some of their stats. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, 299 passing yards, 
two passing touchdowns and two interceptions. In terms of rushing, Eli Mitchell, 22 carries for 66 yards and a rushing touchdown. Then in terms of receiving, George Kill, nine catches, 181 yards and two receiving touchdowns. That's a huge day for him. Um, Brandon Ayuk, three for 55. Kyle Juszczyk, two for 21. Um, I guess, uh, Matty, I'll get to you on the 49ers. I guess, what are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I think I said last episode or two episodes ago, just something about the 49ers that I don't like. And I think the main thing is the quarterback Garoppolo. But yeah, if they decide to go forward with Trey Lance, I don't think it makes sense right now as they've got a good roster. They can win. So yeah, I think he's their best option. And still, I think they need an upgrade and yeah, they were without Debo Samuel here, which definitely hurts. He's been amazing this season. And they not only use him in the past game, but rushing as well. So he's a big part of their offense. And the Seahawks, I think they're way better than their four and eight records. So yeah, I won't uh, hate on the 49ers too much here as they've been on a win streak and it comes to an end here against the Seahawks. Yeah, I, I mean, Jimmy Grapple, I, I don't think he's necessarily been bad. He's just been outplayed by a lot of other quarterbacks that he goes up against. So, yeah, like you said, uh, they might need an upgrade, I guess, going forward into the future. But, um, yeah, um, decent showing by the 49ers overall. Um, getting to the next game, Kansas City beating the Denver Broncos 22-9. to uh, Great game for the Chiefs here. Looking at the stats, Pat Mahomes, 184 passing yards, and he threw an interception. Um, getting to rushing, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, 14 carries for 54 yards. Pat Mahomes had four carries for 12 yards and a rushing touchdown. Then getting to receiving, um, Daryl Williams, three catches for 60 yards. Um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, three for 28. Travis Kelsey, three for 27. And Tyreek Hill, two catches for 22 yards. Uh, Mete, I guess getting to on the Chiefs, they didn't really need to do much on offense to win this game. Yeah, definitely. As if you look at Mahomes' uh, numbers, you don't see many games like this from him, especially the zero touchdowns. Uh, you, you don't see that a lot. And the defense for the Chiefs has been amazing lately. That's the biggest reason they won this game. And yeah, they're going to need the defense in the playoffs as earlier on in the year, it was not looking great. And yeah, if you if you can win games like this where Mahomes is struggling, it's not going to happen a lot. But if it happens and you can win, it's impressive as, like I said, the defense has been terrible this season. So this is really impressive if you think about it in uh, that uh, way. Yeah, for sure. Like you said, defense has been insane right now. They've just been playing really solid overall. Um, getting to the Broncos now. Teddy Bridgewater, 257 passing yards. He had a passing touchdown, but two interceptions. Uh, in terms of rushing, Javante Williams had a big game with Melvin Gordon out. 23 carries for 102 rushing yards. Um, and then in terms of receiving, Jerry Judy, four catches for 77 yards. Javante Williams, six catches for 76 yards and a receiving touchdown. So a huge day for him on the ground and through the air. Uh, Noah Fant, four for 33. And then Alberto had three catches for 21 yards. Um, Nate getting two on the Broncos. I guess, what are your thoughts on this team? I think in terms of defense, they did a pretty good job in, try in terms of um, limiting 
uh, the amount of points that Kansas City was able to get. So I feel like um, they should have been in a position where they could have um, kept it closer, maybe even pulled an upset. But in terms of offense, um, it was they weren't able to go across uh, the line enough. But I feel like um, ball security was also a bit of an issue. Um, a bit too many interceptions. I think Javante Williams had a fumble. Uh, Deontay Spencer had a fumble as well. So maybe limiting the amount of um, interceptions and fumbles would have um, helped them keep the closer. Yeah, I mean, the Chiefs' defense has been forcing these turnovers. So uh, I would say I think it's more on the Chiefs than the Broncos. But I definitely get what you're saying. you got to limit the turnovers, especially Teddy Bridgewater when he's throwing the football. So, yeah, um, <clears throat> I guess some things that the Broncos do need to fix moving forward. Getting to the Monday night game, this was definitely the game I was looking forward to all week. Uh, the weather ended up really hurting the overall speed of the game. But the Patriots do come out with a big win. Uh, 14 to 10 over the Buffalo Bills. I'm um, looking at the stats for the Patriots. Mac Jones only threw three passes in this game. Uh, two of them went for 19 yards. Um, and then it was mostly rushing here. Damian Harris, 10 carries, 111 yards and a rushing touchdown. I think that touchdown was like a 60 something yard run. So really solid. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, 24 carries for 78 yards. And then Brandon Bolden had four for 28. And then getting two receiving. I guess just um, two guys um, had catches here. Jonu Smith, the one catch for 12 yards, and Brandon Bolden had one for seven. Um, yeah, I guess, um, uh, Nate, I'll get to you on the Patriots. Um, I guess what were your thoughts on this win? I mean, it's kind of surprising that uh, there was pretty much only three pa uh, pass attempts um, by Mac Jones in this entire game. But it kind of makes sense when you think about the weather. It was pretty much impossible for anybody to throw. So um, just sticking to, to the run game was probably their best bet, and it worked. Yeah, it definitely did work. Um, you mentioned that it was tough weather to pass in, but, I mean, Josh Allen did throw over 30 times. Um, 15 of them got completed for 40, sorry, 145 yards and a passing touchdown. Um, in terms of rushing for this Bills team, uh, Josh Allen led the team six carries, 39 yards, while Singletary did have 10 carries for 36 rushing yards. And then in terms of receiving, Stefan Diggs led the team four catches, 451 yards. Gabe Davis had two catches for 30 yards and a receiving touchdown. Then Emmanuel Sanders had three for 22. And then there just really wasn't much else here for the Bills. Um, Matty, I'll get to you on this Buffalo team. I guess, what are your thoughts on them going forward? All right, so uh, I'm kind of concerned with the Bills. I think they've had one win against a winning team so far this season, and then I feel like I'm about to say something controversial with the fact that, I don't know, I feel like if the Bills get home field advantage, it won't help them out actually in the playoffs. As you saw the weather this game, it happens a lot in Buffalo especially now that we're nearing playoff time, they don't have the greatest run game. And in bad weather, you want to run the ball like the Patriots said. And yeah, their best runner is Josh Allen. And you definitely don't want him to run more than like five times a game, I'd say, as you're just increasing the risk of him getting hurt. And yeah, bad weather, they tried throwing against the weather and it didn't work as uh, Allen, usually he's not at 50% completion rate. He's usually way over 145 passing yards. So 
yeah, I feel like the weather just doesn't help this team out as they're not the greatest running team. And I think that hurts them as uh, passing is definitely their strongest part of their offense. Yeah, I definitely agree. I feel like just getting to the playoffs in general, you got to be able to run the ball, whether it's bad weather or not. So, I mean, um, we saw last year with the Bills, they could only get so far. They ran into the Chiefs. I know the Chiefs pass a lot like the Bills, but the Chiefs were able to get a run game going last year and they were able to beat Buffalo. So, yeah, like you said, if they can't get a run game going, it's going to be really tough for them going forward, especially when they get into the playoffs. So definitely have to see how this Buffalo team plays moving forward. But yeah, great win for the Patriots. I was definitely really happy about that. Uh, We'll move now to our fantasy pickups for the week. Um, I guess Mete, let me start with you here. I guess who's your running back pickup for the week? Yeah, so <laughs> I know I was just talking about Buffalo's bad run game, but Zach Moss uh, is my guy, and I don't know. I think he's good, and Buffalo, they've struggled running, like I said, so I, I see this as an opportunity for him to kind of assert himself as the running back one all year. They really haven't had a true running back one, and yeah, I think Moss, he's below 50%. I I like his game. I think if they can give him more touches, I think he could become a running back one. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, He's had all the opportunities, um, but they've been giving opportunities to all the running backs. So I guess if they feed him a little bit more, I think he is one of the more talented backs in the backfield. So definitely agree with that. Um, I guess my running back pickup for the week um, is Savage P. Ryan from the Cincinnati Bengals. I think Joe, uh, Joe Mixon's questionable um, heading into the game on Sunday. So I think just as a security blanket, you want to have Samaje P. Ryan if you own Mixon. And then I guess uh, if you don't own Mixon, it's always incentive to stash him on the end of your bench in case anything happens to Mixon during the fantasy playoffs. And then you have an RB2 uh, borderline RB1 sitting on your bench. Um, considering how much uh, Cincinnati runs the ball. So, yeah, go ahead and pick up some RJP, Ryan, um, especially if you have quite a few bench spots um, in, in your fantasy league. So, um, Nate, let me get to you for your running back pickup for the week. So, I guess for the week, um, especially if you're in a deep league, you can maybe take a look at um, Adrian Peterson. Um, he was listed as inactive for, um, I guess, the majority of the season, but Chris Carson um is still injured i think alex collins is been hurt and he's been moved down the death chart and i think adrian peterson is um rb1 as of right now so at least for this week you might want to take a look at him i think last week adrian peterson also got um seven fantasy points so um he should be able to um get this amount this week as well yeah i definitely agree um seahawks run game should be targeted um, considering they do have a pretty soft matchup against Houston. So um, whether it's Peterson or Rashad Penny, definitely look at picking up one of these running backs for sure. I guess getting to wide receivers now, Mete, I'll get to you. Who's your pickup for the week? Yeah, uh, I have Sterling Shepard from the New York Giants. It's only at 25% and he's been out for a while, but I feel like people forgot about uh, what he was doing before he got hurt. You're seeing like seven plus targets almost every game, putting up great fantasy numbers. So yeah, I if he if he can play, 
I think he he should be way higher than a 25% roster. Yeah, for sure. Definitely a must add. Um, I guess for my running back pickup for the week, uh, or not my running back, my wide receiver pickup for the week, um, I have KJ Osborne here. The reason I have him is because of the injury to Adam Thielen. Um, he's going to be out for at least one game, if not more. Um, definitely go pick up KJ Osborne. We know the Vikings do love throwing the football just as much as they love to run. Um, Justin Jefferson's not going to get all the catches. There is room for another wide receiver in this lineup. So KJ Osborne seems to be the next man up. Definitely go at him in your fantasy leagues. Um, if you can, stash him on the bench or maybe even as a low-end uh, flex option. So, um, yeah, he's a great pickup for this week. Um, Nate, who's your wide receiver for the week? I guess for the week, again, another deeply pickup, you can look at Jalen Guyton. Um, similar situation, um, I guess uh, there are some starters who are um, out. I think Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are out right now. So uh, Jalen Guyton might get some more looks. He might get some more quality looks as well. And he's facing a Giants team that doesn't have the best um, pass defense. So um, he should be able to... Uh, do some damage if you pick them up yeah for sure and um i guess getting the quarterback pickups for the week um i have Taysom hill here again i had him last week and he had a great week put up over 20 fantasy points and half point ppr definitely you can go back to the well with this guy he's gonna pass for probably close to 200 and then he's going to rush probably for more than 50, the, the amount of times he's been rushing. So, um, yeah, you're going to be getting solid fantasy points and then touchdowns just add to that. So I think Taysom Hill is a solid pick. You could even potentially roll him into your starting lineup. He's been that solid. And um, Nate, I guess, who do you have for quarterbacks for the week? I guess for quarterbacks, um, I originally put um, Taylor Heineke. He's been um, pretty, pretty solid throughout the season. So I feel like um, if you need a pick, quarterback you could pick him up and that was wondering about um I guess Ben Roethlisberger but um it's kind of hard to to tell um how many fantasy points he'll get especially with his offensive line so I'm not too sure about him but he's another guy that you might want to take a look at yeah I think Roethlisberger definitely a deep league guy for sure maybe two quarterback leagues, super flex, that kind of thing. You can definitely look his way for sure. I definitely agree. And then, uh, Mete, I'll get to you. Who's your tight end pickup for the week? Yeah, so for tight end, I decided to go with Ricky Seals-Jones. Like you said, uh, James, earlier, I think, um, Logan Thomas, unfortunately, uh, he's out for the year, and Ricky Seals-Jones was the guy filling in for uh thomas when he was hurt so that opportunity has come again for seals jones and yeah i think he's definitely worth a look especially with washington not having the best targets in their offense yeah i definitely agree they there definitely needs to be a solid target up the middle he's definitely someone that you can look at uh as the tight end landscape's kind of you know uh, a little shallow um Nate, I'll get to you. Who's your tight end pickup for the week? So I guess speaking of shallow, um, Tyler Conklin would be kind of more of a shallow league pick because he's about 45% rostered at the moment. But I think he got uh, nine fantasy points uh, last week against um, Pittsburgh, and they have a really good defense. I mean, uh, de- I mean it was against Detroit, my bad. They're facing Pittsburgh with a pretty good defense, but 
I feel like um, Conklin should be able to uh, get a decent amount of targets still. Yeah, especially with a guy like Adam Thielen being out of the lineup, obviously opens up more targets to be spread around. So definitely can agree with that. And then, yeah, that's the end for fantasy football pickups for the week. So let's just move right into the preview for week 14's games. Um, We'll start with the Thursday night matchup. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers against the Minnesota Vikings, the game you were just talking about. Uh, Mete, I'll get it to you for fantasy. Yeah, so let's start with Pittsburgh and the guy both of you guys were just talking about, Ben Roethlisberger. I think he is a deeper league guy as well. He's been kind of inconsistent. Najee Harris for sure, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, and then I think Pat Fryermuth is also a deeper league guy. He's been kind of inconsistent as well. And then for the Vikings, Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook, if he can play, I think he just practiced today. So it's looking like he's got a shot. But if he can't, Alexander Madison, whenever Cook is out, he puts up Dalvin Cook numbers. So definitely go for Madison if he's uh, if Cook is out. Justin Jefferson, Tyler Conklin. Uh, I was going to say in deeper leagues, but like you said, James, uh, Adam Thielen is out, so maybe you could just fire him up in pretty much all leagues as he had a great week last week. KJ Osborne, definitely worth a look in deeper leagues as Thielen is out. All right, and I guess getting to the spread for this game, um, it looks like the Vikings are favored by minus three. Uh, Mete, I'll start with you. Which side do you like here? Uh, I can't tell who's going to win this game, but all I know is Minnesota, they always play in close games. So for that reason, I just go with uh, Pittsburgh because they have the plus, and it should be close. All right, Nate, I'll get to you. I guess which side are you on here? This is pretty much just a toss-up game, so I feel like I'm just going to go with Pittsburgh mainly because of their defense. Yeah, I think Pittsburgh, uh, they have looked healthier the past couple weeks, so um, yeah, I think I might side with them as well. Obviously, we know the Vikings might not have Cook. They might not have um, Adam Thiel. Well, they won't have Adam Thielen. It's already been ruled out. But yeah, I think I'll go with Pittsburgh as well. I think I agree with you guys. Um, Getting to the next matchup, it's the New Orleans Saints against the New York Jets. I'll preview that one for fantasy. So for the Saints, um, you're starting Taysom Hill and you're starting Alvin Kamara. And the rest of the guys are pretty much just deep league options. Marquez Callaway, Mark Ingram, if he plays, I think he might have COVID, so he might not play. Um, Traquan Smith, Juwan Johnson, and then I think Deontay Harris got a suspension, so he won't be there, so sit him for sure. Um, and then in terms of the Jets, um, you're starting Tevin Coleman or Ty Johnson, whoever's the starting running back for the week. And then you're also starting Elijah Moore. I think he's been really solid. Then in terms of deep leagues, you could start guys like Zach Wilson, Jamison Crowder. He's like a flex option potentially. And then Ryan Griffin, if you're really desperate at tight end. Um, getting to the spread, Saints are favored by five and a half. I guess, Nate, I'll start with you this time. Uh, which team do you like here? Um, I guess uh, I feel like New Orleans should be the safer pick here. All right, Mete, uh, bouncing to you. Saints are favored by five and a half. Which side do you like? Uh, this one's kind of tough. Uh, I'm seeing Kamara is returning to practice, so that's good for the Saints, but I don't know. They've been pretty rough without Winston. So 
I might actually side with the Jets for that reason. Yeah, I think if Kamara plays, I think I got to go with the Saints. Um, they have a better defense than the Jets. Jets have the worst uh, r- uh, rushing defense in the league. Uh, Kamara should be able to run all over this team. Taysom Hill should also be able to run all over this team. So, yeah, if Kamara plays, I think I am going to lean slightly with the Saints. Um, getting to the next matchup, Baltimore against Cleveland. Nate, I'll get it to you for fantasy. So I guess for Baltimore, you can take a look at uh, Lamar Jackson, Marquise Brown, Mark Andrews, and in deeper leaks, you can take a look at Devontae Freeman, Tavius Murray, Sammy Watkins, and Rashawn Bateman. For Cleveland, um, you can take a look at Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, and in deep leagues, um, maybe Donovan Peoples-Jones, maybe Austin Hooper. The only thing is their targets haven't really been consistent, so deep leagues at the most. Jarvis Landry, if he's healthy, you're going to want to start in in pretty much all leagues, but um, he's been hurt at the moment, so there's a chance that he may not start, and I guess, yeah, that's pretty much it. Right, and I guess getting to the spread for this game, it looks like Cleveland's favored by two and a half at home. Nate, I guess which side are you on here? I mean, spread's not too big. I want to be able to say that Cleveland uh, can win, but it's going to be tough. I think Ravens are a really solid team. I guess I'll just go with the Browns anyway just because I'm a Browns fan. But... All right, nice homer pick there. Matty, I'll get to you. I guess which side are you on here? This is a tough one as uh, Lamar has been pretty rough last couple weeks. Browns have been inconsistent. I feel like it's a toss-up, and for usually all toss-ups, I just go with the plus. So why not go with the Ravens? Yeah, I know it is a tough choice here. I might side slightly with Cleveland just because they're at home and they've had a bye week in between their two games with Baltimore. So I feel like they've had like, you know, like a week and a half to sort of, you know, get things right, sort of, you know, strategize to beat the Ravens. And with the Ravens struggling with all these injuries, I think should be able to roll with Cleveland at home. And I I definitely think they can get the win there and they can cover the two and a half. So, um, yeah, um, getting to the next matchup, Dallas against Washington. Metti, I'll get to you for that for fantasy. Yeah, big matchup as Washington's red hot. And if they can win, they'll be one game back of the NFC East. And so let's see the fantasy options for Dallas. I'd go Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, maybe you could be cautious with him. Uh, he's kind of been on the uh, down, trending down lately with the injuries. I like Tony Pollard as a deeper league play. Uh, Mari Cooper... Michael Gallup, I also think, is a deeper league play as when the three wide receivers of Cooper, Gallup, and Lamb are there, he's usually taking the backseat. And then C.D. Lamb, Dalton Schultz, I'd also say is a deeper league guy uh, lately as he's slowed down after a really good start to the season. And then for the football team, I like Taylor Heineke in deeper leagues, Antonio Gibson for sure, McLaurin as well. He had a rough week, but he's their best target. And then, like I was saying for the pickup, I'd go for Ricky Seals-Jones in deeper leagues. If he can play as currently, he's questionable. And if Seals-Jones can't play, it looks like John Bates will be the next man up. So he could be worth a look as well. 
Yeah, for sure. I definitely agree with that. And uh, moving to the spread now, uh, Cowboys are favored by four. I guess, Mete, uh, are you taking Dallas here? It's a tough one. Uh, like I said, the football team is red hot and they're at home, right? Yeah. Yeah, so maybe I go for the football team as I think this could be a close game. All right, and I guess I'll bounce it to Nate. Which side do you like here? I feel like um, four might be a little bit too much, although Dallas has a really good offense, but um, Washington's defense has been uh, pretty good. I think they have a good run defense as well, so um, Dallas is going to need to pass a little bit more. So if it was like three, I would have taken Dallas, but because it's more than three, I'm going to go with Washington. I think I'm by myself here. I actually think I like Dallas in this spot. Um, I feel like Washington, they've sort of been playing really well, but they haven't. Uh, I know they did it against Tampa Bay, but Tampa Bay was sort of struggling at the time. Um, I don't know. I just feel like this should be a statement game for Dallas. They, it's, a, it's a game they really need to win because uh, they lost that tough game against the Raiders. I know they did beat the Saints, but it wasn't really a huge win. I feel like that Dallas will be a lot more rested after not playing on Thursday anymore. So I think this is just a chance for the Cowboys to sort of rebound. Um, we know the football team, they have a lot of injuries. McKissick, Logan Thomas, all these guys. I think Dallas is just getting their guys back healthy. Lawrence is back. A uh, whole bunch of guys have come back. Cooper, Lamb. Yeah, you. I think you got to roll with Dallas here. I definitely like them in this spot. Um, getting to the next game, um, it's Atlanta against Carolina. I'll preview that for fantasy. So for um, Atlanta, you're starting Cordero Patterson. And I guess you'll have to start Kyle Pitts because tight ends are pretty shallow. Um, other than that, the rest are just like deep league guys. Matt Ryan, Mike Davis, Russell Gage, and Tajay Sharp. I know Gage did have a good last game, but I want to see more going forward before he's a, a standard league start. Then in terms of uh, Carolina, should be able to roll out Cam Newton this week. I don't think he'll have as bad of a game as he did have last game. He's got that rushing upside. He gets a rushing touchdown pretty much every week. You can bank on that production on the ground. Um, Chuba Hubbard looks like the starting running back, so you could probably roll him out as like a RB2 slash 3 option. Um, and then DJ Moore is the main target there. I think you got to roll him out in most leagues. Um, for deep league guys, it would probably be Robbie Anderson because you can't really trust him to be consistent. Um, getting to the spread, um, it's two and a half favoring the Panthers at home. Nate, I'll get to you. Which side do you like here? I mean, this is kind of another toss-up game. I feel like both teams, they've been really up and down. So it's kind of hard to say. Uh, I'll just... I'll go with the Falcons, actually. All right, Mete, bouncing to you. Panthers are favored by two and a half at home. Which team do you like? Yeah, I agree with everything Nate said, and I'm with the Falcons as well. I think I'm going to be on the other side here. I think I'm going to go with the Panthers. Um, I think that their defense is a lot better than the Falcons. I feel like their offense, uh, they just need to get on the board early, and they should be able to hold the lead as they're a very good rushing team. Um, compared to passing with Cam Newton. So I'm um, assuming the Panthers can get on the board early. I think they definitely have a good shot of winning this game. So I'll take the Panthers at minus two and a half. And then um, getting to the next matchup, uh, Vegas against Kansas City. Um, Nate, I'll get to you for that one. So I guess for um, Vegas, uh, you want to take a look at Josh Jacobs, Hunter Renfro. In deep leagues, maybe Derek Carr, uh, Brian Edwards. Um, Darren Wall is kind of 
in a similar situation as Jarvis Landry. He's really hurt right now. So there may be a chance he doesn't start. If he does, if, if he's playing, then obviously you're going to want to start him. But how it looks like right now, he might not start. So, yeah. And for Kansas City, uh, Patrick Mahomes, Clyde Edwards-Solaire, Daryl Williams, Kyrie Kill, Travis Kelsey, and the deep leagues, Nicole Harmon, and uh, Byron Pringle. All right. And getting to the spread, looks like the Chiefs are favored by nine and a half. Uh, Nate, I'll get to you first. I guess, which side are you on? If Darren Waller was playing, I would say that maybe the Raiders can cover this. But since he's out, you might actually be able to take the Chiefs on this. All right, Matty, I'll get to you. I guess, which side do you like here? Yeah, it's kind of a bigger spread, but the Chiefs defense is finally there. They're playing good. And last week, the Chiefs had a big spread as well. They were able to cover. I think they could do it again. I think the key number for me here is 10. I feel like the Chiefs can win by around 10 points. So um, I think if, if it gets to 10 or more, I might go with the Raiders. But while it's under 10, it's at 9.5. I think I am going to roll with the Kansas City Chiefs as well. They've definitely been playing really solid. Um, getting to the next game, Seattle against Houston. Mete, let me get to that one for fantasy. All right, so for Seattle, uh, Russell Wilson, Alex Collins, if he can play. If not, I think Rashad Penny led the team in carries last week. So I'd go for him in deeper leagues. But like Nate was saying, uh, Adrian Peterson, he usually gets a lot of goal line work. And so, yeah, it's the Texans. I feel like he has a good chance of scoring. He could be worth a look as well. Uh, Tyler Lockett. DK Metcalf for sure. And then Gerald Everett, I'd go for in deeper leagues. Houston, Brandon Cooks, David Johnson in deeper leagues. If he can't play, maybe Rex Burkhead in deeper leagues if you're super desperate for a running back. All right. And I guess getting to the spread, the Seahawks are favored by seven and a half. Uh, Mete, I guess, which side are you on? Yeah, I definitely like the Seahawks. The Texans are going back to Davis Mills as Tyrod's hurt, and they were getting completely blown out earlier with Mills at quarterback. So I think Seahawks could blow them out as well. Yeah, I think it's pretty much Operation Fade the Texans at this point. For me, I'm going to agree with you and go with the Seahawks, but I guess, Nate, what do you think? Um, I guess I'll fade uh, the Texans as well. Yeah, I definitely think uh, Texans at this point, they really don't have much to play for. So, yeah, I definitely agree with you guys. Um, getting to the next matchup, <clears throat> Jacksonville against Tennessee Titans. I'll preview that one for fantasy. So, I guess for the Jaguars, the only person I'd really start in standard leagues is James Robinson, assuming that he is healthy, <clears throat> or else Carlos Hyde would most likely just replace him. Then for deep leagues, guys like Trevor Lawrence, Marvin Jones, LaVisca Chenault, uh, Laquan Treadwell or James O'Shaughnessy could be guys you could look at. Then for Tennessee, it looks like Julio Jones and A.J. Brown are trending in the right direction. If they're back, you can roll both of them out. Um, if not, it's going to be really hard to start anyone from this offense. In deep leagues, you could look at Ryan Tannehill, Deontay Foreman, or Dontrell Hilliard. But other than that, it's just really tough to project, I guess, anyone else. Um, I guess getting to this game, Titans are favored by nine points. Um, Mete, I'll get to you first. I guess, which side do you like here? Uh, it's a tough one. Titans are kind of banged up. 
but I don't know the Jaguars. They just got completely blown out. So I think I'll just go with the Titans. Uh, they're at home. And like I said, the Jaguars got blown out. So I'm hoping the Titans cover that. Right, and uh, Nate, I'll get to you. I guess which side are you on here? I want to say the Jaguars, I guess, mainly because the Titans don't have the best pass defense. So that might, um, I guess, give Jaguars the opportunity to get downfield. But uh, I don't know. They haven't really proven that they can kind of keep up with other teams. So I'm just going to go to the Titans as well. All right. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with the Titans as well, especially if you get Julio and A.J. Brown back. Those are two big targets. Should be able to cover the 10 points. Might even win by like 14 or more. So, yeah, I think I'm going to go with the Titans there as well. Um, getting to the next game, uh, it's Detroit Lions against the Denver Broncos. I guess, Nate, I'll get to you on that one for fantasy. So, I guess for Detroit, you can maybe take a look at Jamal Williams. Uh, and in deep leagues, maybe Amon Ross St. Brown and Josh Reynolds. Um, I think DeAndre Swift is also questionable. So is TJ Hawkinson. TJ Hawkinson, though, is like most likely going to be okay. So you should be fine starting him with DeAndre Swift. I feel like he was a little bit more banged up, so there's a chance he won't um, start. And I guess for Denver, you can take a look at Javante Williams, Jerry Judy. Uh, Cortland Sutton, um, the thing with Cortland Sutton is if you drafted him, you're probably going to have to start him just based on talent alone, even though he hasn't really been doing the best. But And I guess um, Noah Fant, and then deeper leagues, maybe Teddy Bridgewater and uh, Tim Patrick. Right. And uh, getting to the spread here, it looks like the Broncos are favored by, well, there's a few spreads here. I think they're eight and a half is sort of the average here. Um, yeah, Nate, uh, I guess Broncos favored by eight and a half. Which side are you on? Normally, lines are able to keep it close, but this isn't really a home game for them. So I'm going to go with the Broncos. All right, Matty, I'll bounce it to you. I guess which side are you on for, uh, for this game? Yeah, so I might have to go with the Lions. Uh, it's kind of a bigger spread. I know the Broncos are home, but they're not a team I would trust with that big of a spread. And I like what I'm seeing from the Lions. They're playing hard. I think they could keep this close. Yeah, I think I might side with the Lions here too. You know, an emotional wave from their victory. There might be a chance that they could keep it close. I don't expect them to win this game, obviously, like they did last week. But I think there is a decent chance they could keep it close. So, yeah, I'll go with the Lions as well. Um, getting to the next game, New York Giants against the LA Chargers. Mete, I'll get to you on that one for fantasy. Yeah, so for the Giants, Daniel Jones, if he can play, uh, probably in deeper leagues, you'd play him. Saquon Barkley. Evan Ingram in deeper leagues as well. He just had a good week, but it's kind of inconsistent. And then Kenny Galladay and Darius Slayton, I think, are deeper league guys as well. And then Sterling Shepard, who I think I've been saying this for like five, six weeks in a row now. If he can play, definitely play him, but he hasn't been able to play is the problem. And then the Chargers, Justin Herbert. Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, those guys you're firing up in pretty much every league. And then Jared Cook, I think, is a deeper league play. 
right. And uh, we'll get to the spread now. Chargers are favored by 10 points. Mete, which side are you on? It's kind of tough right now as, I don't know, I think uh, Daniel Jones, they haven't ruled him out yet, so there's a chance he plays. And if he plays, that's a big spread, and I like the Giants. But if he doesn't, that's still a big spread. And I don't know, I don't think I can really trust the Chargers right now. So maybe just go with the Giants. All right, Nate, I'll get it to you. I guess which side are you on here? Um, Giants don't really have the best pass defense. Um, at the same time, Chargers wide receivers aren't fully healthy either. So it's actually a pretty hard game to call. Um, minus 10 is kind of big. Uh, I'm just going to go with the Giants. Why not? Yeah, I think I might have to go with the Chargers here just because if Mike Glennon plays, they should, probably will get blown out. And Daniel Jones, even if he plays, it's not going to be 100%. Um, a lot of times he'll either try to force throws or make unnecessary runs. Um, I just feel a lot safer with the Chargers either way. So even though 10 is a lot, I might be okay going with the Chargers at 10 here. Um, and then, yeah, um, getting to the next game, San Francisco against Cincinnati. I'll cover that one for fantasy. So for the 49ers, you're starting Eli Mitchell, starting Debo Samuel or Brandon Ayuk, whoever's the main guy there. On the, uh, I think if Samuel plays, Ayuk would be like a deep league guy. Then you'd start George Kittle at tight end. Obviously, he's like a top three option. Um, and then for deep leagues, Jimmy Garoppolo and Jeff Wilson would sort of be those guys. And then for the Bengals, Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, you can start T. Higgins, Jamar Chase as well. Um, for deep leagues, Samaji P. Ryan. Um, you could potentially start him if Mixon doesn't play, but or else he's a deep league guy. CJ Uzaba and Tyler Boyd. Um, I guess getting to the spread, um, it looks like the 49ers are favored by one. Mete, what are your thoughts? Uh, they got it at a good number as is a tough call. I I guess I'll just go with the Bengals because, like I said, for toss-ups, I just like to go with the plus, and the Bengals are home. So I think I feel more comfortable with them. All right, Nate, I'll get to you now. I guess uh, for the spread, 49ers are favored by one. I guess uh, which side are you on? Um, I guess I'll go with the Bengals. Um, they're at home. If they can get a score early and just uh, – I guess, run the ball for the most part, they should be able to win. Yeah, I think if Mixon plays, I love the Bengals here getting points. Uh, it seems like a, a nice pick, uh, sort of a bounce back game in my opinion. So, um, yeah, I think I'm going to go with the Bengals as well. Um, getting to the next game here, uh, Buffalo against Tampa Bay. I guess, uh, Nate, I'll get to you for this one, Fantasy. So I guess for Buffalo, you can take a look at Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, Emmanuel Sanders, Dawson Knox, and in deep leagues, maybe Devin Singletary, uh, maybe Zach Moss, uh, Cole Beasley. And I guess for Tampa Bay, you can take a look at Tom Brady, Leonard Fournette, Mike Davis, Chris Godwin, and Rob Gronkowski. I think you meant Mike Evans, but I I knew exactly what you were talking about. It's all good. Um, getting to the spread here for this game, Bucks are favored by three and a half. Nate, which side are you on? I guess I'll go with the Bucks. Um, they're at home, and Buffalo hasn't 
been having um the best luck so far so yeah yeah i think i gotta roll with the bucks as well until uh, buffalo sort of shows me that they can sort of get back to the football they're playing near the beginning of the season i think i just gotta keep fading them um i don't know metty what are your thoughts on this yeah i might go with buffalo actually i think this could be a close game and they're in tampa bay so i think the weather will be good for them they need good weather to throw the ball and yeah they should be able to do that all right and um moving to the next game uh chicago bears against the green bay packers matt i'll get to you for that one for fantasy all right so for the bears David Montgomery, for sure, he's playing great. Darnell Mooney, he had a rough week, but I think he can rebound. Cole Komet, I'd go for in deeper leagues, and possibly Jakeem Grant as well. They've been using him a little more. So maybe you could be uh, cautious and just see one more week, see if they really use him. For the Packers, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, A.J. Dillon, I think, in deeper leagues. Could be a good play, Aaron Jones, and then possibly Randall Cobb as well in deeper leagues. All right, and uh, getting to the spread here, Mete, I'll get to you first. The Packers, they're favored by 12 and a half, I guess. What are your thoughts on that spread? Uh, kind of tough, but they are at home. I think Justin, Justin Fields got confirmed as a starter. So, yeah, I think... The Packers could honestly cover that. Very neat. I guess, what are your thoughts on that big spread? Um, I'll go with the Bears mainly because they have a good passing defense, so they might be able to slow the Packers down enough. Um, It's probably not going to be like a six-point game, but I feel like it could be like, like maybe an eight-point game, something like that. Honestly, this one's really tough for me. Um, I might have to slightly lean with the Bears just because there have been weeks where the Packers' offensive output hasn't been a lot, and their defense has been solid. But if they let up at the end, uh, I think there is a chance the Bears could backdoor cover this game. So at 12 and a half, I think the Bears are still a decent team. So um, I might just lean with them there. Um, and then getting to the last game, um, LA Rams against the Arizona Cardinals. I'll preview this one. For the Rams, you're starting uh, Matthew Stafford, uh, Daryl Henderson, assuming that he plays, uh, Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson, and Odell Beckham. I guess you could probably roll both of them out as this game should be high scoring. Um, definitely keep an eye on that. And then uh, Tyler Higby in deeper leagues, he's been kind of inconsistent. I don't know if I'd start him in every league, but with the tight end landscape, you probably might have to. Um, and then Sony Michelle, um, obviously, if Henderson doesn't play, you're rolling him out. And then for the Cardinals, uh, Kyler Murray, uh, James Conner, DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk, and Zach Ertz should be good to go for most standard leagues. Um, and then deep league guys are Chase Edmonds. I believe he's just coming back. It's probably they'll play a safe approach with him. So start him in deep leagues. Um, AJ Green and Rondell Moore, they haven't been used as much lately. So probably just roll with them only in deep leagues. Um, getting to the spread here, um, it looks like the Rams... Actually, no, the Cardinals are favored by two and a half. Um, Nate, I'll get to you first. Which side do you like here? I'm going to go with the Cardinals. Um, they've been able to more than keep up with any team in the league. So as long as they're not facing the Packers, they should be good. Yeah, I was going to say I might go with the Cardinals as well. 
They're at home. They're only favored by two and a half. They've been so solid all year. Um, I don't know, Mete, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think uh, you have to go with the Cardinals as it's only at two and a half the spread. So uh, I think it could be a close game, but the Cardinals, even if they win by a field goal, they cover. So, yeah, I think they're a good play here. All right. And, yeah, we have covered all the games for week 14. That's the end of the preview. Um, yeah, honestly, I feel like that this week, there's a lot of good matchups here. Definitely intrigued for a lot of them. And, yeah, that's the end of the Fanatics football episode. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter at FanFanPodcast. We've been posting picks weekly for NFL, NBA, and NHL, so definitely go check them out. Um, this episode's on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Make sure you like, subscribe, share. Hit the bell for notifications on YouTube leave us a review all that good stuff and yeah guys a lot of great matchups this week like i mentioned definitely gonna be some good football and we'll talk to you guys on the next episode